This podcast is sponsored by Quizlet, the online educational service used by more than 1 million teachers to help students learn and master any subject with interactive study materials, activities and games that make learning more fun. See how Quizlet can help create more engaged students at quizlet.com. So in this podcast, we're going to be discussing what makes a good MFL quiz, from ensuring questions are challenging to using results to inform future teaching sessions. To discuss this, I'm delighted to be joined by two great guests, Adam Lamb, a Spanish teacher from a school in London, Hackney, and Dr. Heather Martin, an academic and teacher, both who specialise in Spanish. Thank you both for joining us today um, on what should be a very interesting topic. Uh, Dr. Martin, I'll start with you, if that's OK, or Heather. Whichever sure, you... either. I know Heather's, Heather's Heather, great. I'll start with you. Um, big topic to start, big question to start with, but, you know, a good MFL quiz, what, what does that look like to you? Well, it is a big question and a very open one, it seems to me, because anything can go into an MFL quiz and it really depends what you want to get out of it. And it has to be purpose driven. So, you know, do you want to test recall or do you want to check understanding or do you want to develop skills? You know, you you can do vocabulary, you can do grammar, you can do concepts. So it seems to me the possibilities are, are limitless and it really is a question of what you are wanting for your particular group of um, students and as well what level you want to test them at that's kind of crucial you know because at a more elementary level you're going to be looking more at testing recall you know sort of simple vocabulary list and sort of at a higher level you're going to want to randomize it more and randomize the content more the information and also just disrupt the rhythm of of the activities more so that you're surprising the students more and challenging them more hmm. but anything's possible yeah interesting adam yeah what would you what would you t- you know, lots of that to talk absolutely. about, and you would see that in your teaching. Absolutely, as well. I've gone from teaching um, two very borderline sets who I've really pushed to access the higher tier this year for Spanish. Um, with those students, um, I've really focused on the writing and the speaking for me and my practice. In terms of that's where I knew I could really give the students a good cushion to compensate perhaps for the reading and listening skills, which I thought if any of the skills going to let those students down from getting grade sixes, grade to grade fives. I thought that's where I can make the biggest difference. And one thing I looked at was knowledge organisers. And there seems there seems to be an obsession at the moment about knowledge organisers. And I hate using that term because it just it just seems really cliche in education at the minute. But I created my own for each tense. And I really went down the line of, first of all, getting students to understand how they work, then quizzing them on filling in a blank knowledge organiser, to then taking away that knowledge organiser from simple recall to actually be able to apply so they mm-hmm. can translate accurately. And I think that's one of the biggest issues I've always found in teaching up until I did that was how do you dif- how do you get the students to differentiate in their minds between when they need to use the imperfect tense, for instance, I was playing, I, I used to do... Two, I played, I did. Hmm. And it, for that, that kind of taking it from me a recall to actually being able to apply is a really, really key fundamental for me in my mind. So clearly um, with the quizzes, you're looking at trying to engage the students more actively. So not just, you know, you're wanting to move beyond, aren't you, mm-hmm. simple sort of matching. Absolutely. Pair matching exercises and things like that. Absolutely. To, to, in, and perhaps favouring activities where they actually have to write. Absolutely. Um, engage more actively with the material absolutely conversely however this year i faced a slightly bigger challenge we have um our whole cohort um more or less sit a language GCSE, which is fantastic work in a school that and offers that opportunity for students however what i've found is i need to give those students the foundations to build on and how do i really build 
confidence within my students, really low stakes testing, even mm. something as simple as multiple choice, giving a Spanish word to really start and just building up that self-confidence in the students and giving them that belief. You're absolutely right to emphasise, I think, the low stakes mm. side of it. I mean, and you used the word testing mm. there. Mm. And really quizzes are the sort of warm and fuzzy version of testing, aren't absolutely. they? Absolutely. They sort of achieve a lot of the same ends and have a lot of the same benefits, but with um, the pleasure principle built in. <laughs> absolutely. And you can you can experience that pleasure in the uh, in a quiz at any level, it seems to me, because you can get that sense of satisfaction from getting your 10, 20, 30 questions, you know, right. Absolutely. Or you can kind of um, experience the pleasure of a, the sort of the, the greater challenge. Absolutely. I think for the higher ability as well, in terms of being able to translate accurately as well and give them that sense of confidence and knowing how to apply the language and being able to manipulate the infinitive of a verb. I mean, for crying out loud, some people don't even teach infinitives, which for me, personally, obviously, other people believe differently. I think it's key that we really embed that grammar Absolutely. and flesh it out with vocabulary. But. So, so using a, a quizzing, it sounds like it is a good way potentially to do that from the starting point. Absolutely. How do you ensure, from your point, though, that when you're doing that, you, you don't, the quiz isn't just a warm and fuzzy thing that you know, let something realize doing well. How do you build on it from there? Oh, um, I guess one thing that I have used is a bit of a carrot and stick approach in terms of if you don't put the time in, I know you can do this. I've seen you do it in class. Therefore, if you're not going to put the time in at home, there will be a consequence to pay for that. And myself personally, I would never brand it as a quiz. That, that's just me. I prefer casting it as a test, as a vocab test, as a grammar test, as a translation test. And especially with GCSE students, it's almost saying you need to really focus for this and you are going to be tested on this at the end. Let's put the work in now and build up to that. I don't know if you agree. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But I'm, I've mostly in schools worked mm. with younger pupils mm. and, and there the testing is really not such a big deal. It's mm. more about building the enjoyment and building the confidence. Mm. And so the game-based side of quizzing is actually really quite important. Mm. I mean, obviously, the online quizzes are great insofar as they, you know, um, develop that sense of independence. That you can, you, They can be mobile. You're very independent. There's a real sense of agency. But they're also quite limiting. And so personally, I think, still think that the best MFL quizzes are the ones where the teacher <laughs> is present, is leading, and giving you that more nuanced uh, response uh, and controlling in a way the speed of activities more than can be done online because online you know obviously you need a uh, replicable formula and that's great because all, all the pupils can work with it but you don't get that that sense of a surprise that you can inject with the human presence in the classroom and at the end of the day, the we are the experts. We know those students more than just numbers. We know exactly what we've taught them. We know how to kind of exactly. interleave space, bring them back to the forefront of their memories to retest them and really challenge them in a way that I think sometimes maybe is limited slightly by internet quizzing, especially other programmes, other language learning programmes I've worked with in the past. They don't really cater for the one the needs that my students have, and two can really reactivate that learning that they've had mm. in the past. I think it's really interesting what you said about we know 
how to prompt them. <laughs> we know our students and we know how we taught them. So we know what little games we played or concepts we used or images or metaphors that we might have brought to bear just to the imaginative side that, uh, of the teaching mm. the, and the personal, the individual quality of Absolutely. teaching that comes from the character of the teacher and knowing the pupils well. And obviously a machine, you know, the, the, the online things can't do that. So they can, they, they're great because they do adapt um, to the individual pupil. You know, if you make a mistake, they'll bring back that term more frequently so as to test you on it. But, you know, without that sort of dynamic quality that you, you get with the human interaction. Absolutely, and especially with a lower ability class, there's nothing more fun than just getting out a set of mini whiteboards, mini whiteboard pen, oh, magic, they're not writing anymore. Well, actually, you want and see straight away where you're actually slipping up. Mm -hmm. And that kind of gamification, sometimes that little bit of masking it just brings a little bit of element of enjoyment, but also can really win students over. And I think that's what makes MFL a great subject to teach, to be mm. quite frank. Mm. When, you're, when you're doing tests or quizzes, wherever you choose to turn them, how do you sort of make sure that you do them just enough to be useful and that and the children enjoy them or it helps embed you know, things that they're learning without them becoming too repetitive or they see they start seeing it as a sort of chore and all oh, this again do you do you have to balance that off or do you find that if you do it most weeks they, they sort of are quite receptive to it as a means of learning it, it, it obviously quizzing as we've discussed before takes a lot of different formats so for instance i might start with a starter sheet it might be a case of having la leche and they have to just identify in english what it is so it's something that we're constantly doing um sometimes i make it a little bit more formal so the students understand that they actually really need to know this I think it's also a, one of the things that we do as a department, as a faculty in my school, is we look at the exam criteria a lot and we quiz based on the exam criteria. So, for instance, lapses in verb formations for certain exam boards, um, it can really reduce the marks for range and accuracy of language. They can reduce the marks for the quality of language. And I know those are simple marks that if I do effective quizzing, if I can really get my students to engage with with testing and really set that formality, you need you need this. This is something that you need to do if you want to get that grade five or that grade six, make it important to them. Um, then that's what I do. But it's, it's just a multitude of different ways in which you can go about doing it. Quizlet's great. I've just had a session with my low ability after school just to practice retrieval because I know my mm. biggest issue with them is going to be retrieval. Yeah. Um, great for that. Yeah, absolutely. But you're obviously placing quite a strong emphasis on accuracy, quite rightly so, because you're dealing with those exams and you want those results mm. for those pupils mm. because you care about them. Mm. But one thing I've, I do find frustrating with um, online quizzes is, you know, those little things like you might have la silla or, or mm. una silla or silla. Mm. You know, say, so ask you the Spanish word for chair and you give one of those forms, but the, the computer will only accept one of them as correct. Yes. So, you know, a kid says, <laughs> see, yeah, and it's great. You're, you're saying great. You know, you're a human being. You say, wonderful, you know, because MFL is all about encouragement. Yes. <laughs> it's all about warmth and positivity, yeah, <laughs> motivation. So you're saying, fantastic. But the machine says, no, that's wrong, because you didn't say, la, see, you got it, that it was a feminine noun. Brilliant. Absolutely. Or una, oh, pity you got the wrong article there. Wrong. Mm. You know, and that can be very frustrating and demotivating. So mm. you do have to match the quiz yeah. um, very carefully. To the, to the cohort of pupils. Absolutely. It's that appropriateness, for instance, you could give, if you give the students a choice of activities to do, for instance, just match up the English to the Spanish, 
compared to listen to the Spanish word than try and actually type it yourself. Mm. I know for a fine fact that 85% of the students more than likely will go for the easier option. Yeah. And it's how do you almost prevent mm. students from just taking the easy route out half the time. And doing those activities which work um, very much on the basis of a sort of a rhythm, a sense of rhythm. You know, you've, you're, the rhythm is familiar. The, you're familiar with that activity and you just do it almost unthinkingly. Absolutely. That's the danger with any quizzing, mm. I think. And, and, and if you're doing them often, mm. then you have to vary. Mm. That's what I sort of was suggesting at the beginning mm. when I used the word, you know, <laughs> randomising the activity. Yeah. I mean, obviously for a lower ability or, or perhaps for just at a more elementary level, you might just have a list of nouns. But then at a, when you want to challenge people as they get closer Absolutely. to exams, you're going to mix up those infinitives and those mm. nouns and throw in the odd preposition. And that's much tougher because you're, you know, you, but, you know, brain is having to, to jump from one thing to the other. But of course, that is one of the great virtues of the quiz because you're developing mental agility as mm. well and oh, languages are well known for doing that absolutely, as a absolutely. subject but then the quizzing kind of maximizes that so, you, so you're not just learning languages you're absolutely. learning to, to sort of think on your feet and adapt absolutely and i think as well building on that point almost going the other the other way in fact it's the idea of automation as well in terms mm. of i know that i want my students to have Brought learned to having so they, it doesn't take much thinking space. The That's endings. what the knowledge organizers about exactly, isn't it? exactly. But I think a lot of people don't think about the kind of the next steps. And I know I was at the point that right, how am I going to get my students to apply this successfully? They know the endings. I know that and go oh as I am as I certain. But do they do they in really, a mechanical exactly, way exactly? Mm. But how do I get them to realize that? Oh wait, there we've got the we form. I need the amos here. I need to stick on that verb. Oh actually, it's I was doing. Or I have done rather than I did. How how it's it's almost layering it up. It's it's mm. it's a difficult battle almost. It is. Sometimes. It is. Yeah. But, um, so it seems like in in many ways as as is a good thing that the teacher and their the context of a classroom mm. and then being aware of the things that the shortcomings that you might have if you're doing quizzing and how all well that shows is, is still fundamental here. It's key, which is which is a good thing. You know, it shows mm. that the teacher is whatever the new tools and technologies that exist. Teaching the teacher is always key to that. Mm. Do you think um, for the for the teacher as well? Then it must be nice though to have these range of approaches you can use to keep a lesson fresh, to keep it interesting, so you can turn to them when you need them. Is that is it a good outlet sometimes even just for that, just to sort of add you know a bit of like say to randomise a lesson? You might not even plan to do a bit of quizzing, but actually you can just throw it out there for the five minutes just to, to keep it exciting. I mean that is again again a great virtue of the concept, isn't it? That they can be short, mm. they can be short and sweet, or they can be. Longer, they can be marathons or sprints. <laughs> Christmas, you know? Christmas quizzes on their <laughs> traditions and exactly. yeah, and they can be almost restful for mm. people. Sometimes I think it's loads, you know if you put them in front of a a, a computer and with, with a quiz to do, they can get on at their own pace and you know get the instant feedback. Maybe not the nuanced feedback, but the instant feedback, and make their own decisions about what to do next. And I think all that can be quite. You know, a relief Absolutely. for certain individual pupils, mm. and presumably um, it frees up a bit more time for the teacher to go around a bit more one-to-one -one time mm -hmm. with those. It's, it's a good point, actually. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a lot of focus now on teaching is not just marking anymore; it's feedback, mm. and any way you can create that feedback time is is really important. But I think that the instant feedback is a really important thing you mentioned because that instant feedback, when students say they're making those quick wins mm. it builds their confidence especially in the lower groups and when you see them smiling when you've got I don't know 
multiple choice on the whiteboard and they have to come up in a line and just press the right one. Something as simple as that can mm. really win a cohort of maybe difficult children. Really get them on your side and enjoying your subject. And let's face it, we, especially if you have a class full of boys, that's often an issue that we have in MFL is mm. that, oh, we don't like it, it's actually hard. Well, no, it's not too hard. It's not impossible. And yeah, it's do you think as well when you get that issue where I thought it was interesting when you said like you know the computer says no problem even though you know it's correct and we all experience that in life and we know we're right yeah. the machine thinks we're not hang on we're right yeah it seems like the most important thing there is that if you sort of as long as the teacher can be aware of that shortcoming and go over and say yes you are correct I know you got that right which are maybe not always easy to be aware of that but I think if as long as you're aware that that could be an issue and these things aren't foolproof then it's, just, it's something that can be addressed but you're right yeah but of course what child is then learning to do, or the pupils are then learning to do, is to play the computer at its own game. <laughs> yes. I can catch you out on yes. this. You know, I know that you're requiring is, me to say yeah. this, even though... Yeah. But yeah, I guess that, that actually is quite empowering. It's a different life skill, yeah, isn't I mean, it? <laughs> the, uh, yeah, the, the, the database there, that, that electronic database, will always have more knowledge than you, the biggest knowledge organiser yeah. there is. <laughs> but it doesn't always know as much as you do about the la and the una. Absolutely. <laughs> Either of them is correct. Unless, so you score, you score as a human being over the machine, mm. which is a, you know also very satisfying. <laughs> and, uh, like, I mean, students love doing that in our PowerPoints and presentations anyway, don't they? Yeah. Just pointing out the odd typos. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I suppose as, as a final thing then, I mean, through doing this, have you got any sort of nice, I don't know, anecdotes or stories where you've, you've done quizzing and you've seen students you know, build that confidence that they maybe didn't realise they had or, the, or a knowledge base they didn't realise they had through that? Oh, I, th- I can think of a couple of examples. Um, there's one in particular. There's a few students in my year-level classes, yeah. We we genuinely didn't think we were going to have as big of a quarter as we've actually got sat in front of us now. And I think part of it is because of the solid teaching, the solid use of quizzing and knowing their endings, having that freedom, seeing what it's been able to do. They, We can run a full lesson in the first week of A-level in the target language with students who've got grades 7s, 8s, 9s. And they aren't afraid to make that leap, to take a minute, to take a verb, put an engine on it and go for it. And I think that's just so nice but on the complete other end of the spectrum for instance I've got a student who is really struggling at the minute and a class who are quite weak but they absolutely love Quizlet and they come back and work with me for an hour after school on Quizlet Mm. and I know for them that that recall for even for their reading for their passive skills is just going to for me it's going to be the biggest challenge but also if I can use any tool to help remedy that I'm all for it, and they seem to really, really buy into that. Absolutely. I mean, they, they, there's no doubt they love it. They love yeah. Quizlet. Yeah. <laughs> they love what they can do with it, and they love the fact that they can take it away with them, that mm. it's their thing, that they mm. can do it at home. Also, I think that they can use it to... I've had this with... As it's quite a, a young kid thing to do, I suppose. Take it home and teach their family, teach mm. their parents, teach their siblings, you know, like using yeah. Quizlet as a yeah. kind of... Um, as a tool, as a teaching tool. Um, in fact, I have and, one. And when they, sorry, when they make when they make their own when they come up with their own quizzes Absolutely. and they make their own quizzes, that's terrifically empowering as well because they they are you know acting the part of teaching mm. and, and learning it's to that, think about what they need to know and you know they're learning to be their own teachers, which is yeah. ideal. It's the, that skill of independence. I think a lot of time that we spoon feed children, but if they can take that to the next level. Mm. 
realise actually this is where the gap is in my knowledge mm. and create a set of Quizlet terms for this or a set of memorised whatever terms for this and remedy it that's a really useful skill that we're not just teaching for secondary not just for A level but actually for university yeah. as well I think and I might, so to, I might be able to help my mate as well Absolutely. who may be struggling oh I know my friend's struggling with this <laughs> you know maybe I'll share my, my Quizlet resource that I've made mm. and there was one student who did last brought me a print out of his test that he got 100% from made a point of coming <laughs> to my office to put it on my desk and that, that just made that's my day beautiful. That made my day. Yeah, that's, that's gold what, what a nice place to uh, to wrap up this conversation so really interesting um, insights into you know what makes a good MFL quiz there. so thank you both very much for that thank you and um, thank you everyone for listening thank you thank you This podcast is sponsored by Quizlet, the online educational service used by more than 1 million teachers to help students learn and master any subject with interactive study materials, activities and games that make learning more fun. See how Quizlet can help create more engaged students at quizlet.com.